Yes, hello, Jeff here, and welcome to episode two of Hurry Up and Cruiserweight, my podcast covering 205 Live on a weekly basis so you don't have to. This week, I am not talking about little people by myself. Today, I'm joined by the host of WrestleMania Salvation and sometimes co-host of The Rundown. That's right, I am talking about Sal. Hey, what's up, Jeff? It's good to have you, pal. Uh, it's good to be here. I am one of the few people, along with maybe Adam, that have watched a lot of 205 Live, even yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it when it first came out. I was really excited about it. And then there was that period, maybe the dark ages of 205 Live, you know. Uh, you know Post Enzo, Enzo. yeah. Or, yeah, during Enzo, yeah. And uh, I kind of stopped watching it. And then especially when Enzo left, it was even worse. It was worse because they had they didn't know what to do with it. No, you're right. Um, it seems to be making a little bit of a comeback. It's kind of I haven't watched a bad episode in a while. Yeah, it, it seems like every main event at least is is fire. It's real good. So and I mean the storylines are kind of you know you can, you're very limited because you only have an hour, but storylines are decent too. Yeah, and what I like, what I will say, what I like what they're doing is I'm starting to hear a little bit more every week from the crowd. Especially, like you said, during the main event. Exactly, yeah, yeah. The the, the crowd, especially in this particular episode, you, the crowd was actually getting some chants going, and it was a nice change of pace. Absolutely. All right, let's get down to it. Uh, we open with a video package about the title match between the juggernaut Buddy Murphy and the heart of 205 Live Mustafa Ali, with Drake Maverick uh, narrating over it, which they kind of do this at the beginning of every episode, and I do enjoy these. Um, it's, the only problem I will say in this particular one is they had that kind of dramatic music going through it, and uh, a couple of times I, I couldn't hear what Drake Maverick was saying. But other than that, yeah. it was a nice recap. I, I did notice that too, but, um, yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought of that, because it's a nice touch, kind of this whole, um, it's almost like a 24 feel, where it's like, last week yeah. on 205 Live. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I enjoy the recaps. It, you know, it, it puts me, if I did miss an episode, it puts me right back where I need to be. And uh, I think it's good for the show. I think it keeps anybody who's watching up to speed. Yeah, yep. Um, I, I do appreciate them. It, it gives you, if somebody's tuning in for the first time, they're not going to be like, who's this guy? Why is this guy fighting this guy? It gives you some sort of, you know, clarity on what's going to be happening. Absolutely. Okay, so tonight we will have Akira Tozawa and Brian Kendrick versus Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak. We also get Cedric Alexander versus Leo Rush advertised. But no Lucha House Party? Uh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, they've almost been on every week. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. Let's go into the first match. We have Drew Gulak and Jack Gallagher come out. Um... I think Drew Gulak, do you, are you familiar with Phoenix Wright, the video game? Uh, yeah, vaguely, but yeah, I'm familiar. It's like that lawyer game, and it has like, <laughs> it, his entrance music reminds me of that, like some sort of courtroom lawyer action music. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's <laughs> on point right there. Um, um, go ahead. I like the Gulak presentation. I've always enjoyed it from the, uh, you know, make 205 Live great again to... <laughs> To what he's doing now with uh, Galler, but um, it's 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 an interesting dynamic with Gulak because at one point he was being built up as as this submission, the best submission specialist in the WWE, and I think he's kind of lost a lot in the past few months. But you know, 
Everybody's got to go up and down, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, he does have some great submissions. He makes them look really good. He really torques on them. Um, but you're right. Yeah, him and especially him and Jack Allen, they're kind of just like the the feud to fill the void, if you will. Um, but anyway, we get uh we get some recap about what happened between you know the four guys and how why Tazawa and Kendrick are together. And then we go backstage with Tazawa and Kendrick, and we get uh was it is it Dasha? Is it I think Dasha? it was Dasha. Yeah, so Dasha asked Tazawa how they plan on working together, which I was really interested in hearing his answer. And then you just get a smile and he walks away. And then we get Kendrick, and he's he tries to explain and says uh uh uh, and then he walks away too. So that was totally necessary. <laughs> I okay so. As you, I kind of got hooked, and I was like, oh, what? how's Tozawa going to explain this? Yes, I want to hear this answer. And he didn't say anything. And I'm like, all right, I kind of figured that. They don't think he's a good promo. But Kendrick's a great promo. Let me hear what he has to say. And yeah. he's just like, he does the, I don't know if you've ever seen The Simpsons, where they, they were in an auction, and they were like, oh, sold to the man in the red shirt. And he's like, <laughs> and he runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what Kendrick did. Yeah, that was he just he just kind of giggled and and him you know hawed a little bit and then just ran away. I was like, what the fuck? What was the point of that? <laughs> it was it was such a a weird reason to cut backstage. Um, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. They they end up coming out to Tozawa's music, but then like halfway through, it just kind of cuts to Kendrick's music with no it transition. Like changes to Kendrick. I was just like, okay. All right, that's that's nice effort, guys. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say is I appreciate the announcers bringing up the backstory, um, the the fierce feud that really took over 205 for a while between Tazara and uh, and Brian Kendrick. Yeah, that street fight they had was was brutal. That was one of the best matches on 205 Live I'd seen to that point. Yeah, that was a real barn burner. That was that was like, I, I when I saw that, I, I it got me really excited to watch 205 Live again. Right. So it's interesting now they're, you know, former enemies now, you know, forced to be partners. Uh and we'll we'll have to see how they do. Yep, just two two guys with a common enemy. Um and uh well we, we get the match the match starts. Do you have anything to add before I start another match? Nope. Uh Crowd was kind of settling in. I don't know when they record 205 Live now. Do they do it at 7 before SmackDown, or do they do it after SmackDown still? I am not sure. I think it's still after SmackDown. I am not 100% okay. sure on that, though. Um, that's something I should research, right? Probably should check well, that out. Well, because for a crowd, if if the crowd just watched Daniel Bryan turn heel and win the WWE title, then I can definitely understand where they're kind of silent to the yeah. side of this match. <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, um and and if they recorded at 7 p.m. then you know maybe they're just still filing in or something I don't know. Right, right. Either way, it does make sense why they were you know a little quiet. But anyway, we get Kendrick and Galler to start, and uh, Kendrick starts early as the commentators are discussing how Tazawa and Kendrick can work together, but no answers are really provided. <laughs> it's just just them being like, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I'm not sure. They they had this big feud earlier, and you know they had that big street fight. And, but no answers. We get no answers and be like, well, maybe we could do this and maybe we could do that. But whatever. Tazawa in with his patented Banshee scream senton on Gallagher. Uh, we get some, you know, Tazawa stomps a mud hole in Gallagher and 
we get a we get some double teaming from Brian Kendrick and Gallo with a double Yakuza kick, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It was a nice nice Yakuza kick, and which I guess they can work together. That that answers the uh, the question. Um, we get Gulak in, and Kendrick is beating him up like he's angry, which he probably is. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, but then the heels take control with, you know, their heel tactics. Yep. Yep. I, I, I did appreciate the announcers building up that, you know, Kendrick is enraged. He want he wants a piece of a Drew Gulak. Um, just going back to when Tazawa was in the match. I like when he does that thing, when he chops you once and then he goes to do it again and you cover up. So he just punches you in the face. Yeah, I do appreciate that move. That's a good one. <laughs> I've always been a fan of that, but uh, yeah. So the heels, you know, they they take control. Yeah, I would say um, Tazawa and Kendrick's double team moves are probably just going through this match are better than Gulak and Gallagher's moves. Because <laughs> then you get the 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 stun gun by Gallagher followed by just a clothesline that Gulak does. Um, you get Gulak putting a hold on Kendrick and just talking some mad shit to him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> You get uh you get Percy chiming in when the uh, other real commentators are talking about Kendrick's ankle injuries. So uh I think Percy needs to just be quiet. I don't think Percy should be involved when he's talking about history. Do you what do you think about Percy? I, I can't stand the guy. I know that there have been some talk amongst us here at the rundown that he's improved. Uh and yeah, you know what? When when he was a two, now he's a 2.25. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't care for him. There's a lot of times where when he is ta- uh, calling NXT especially, where he'll just jump in with something that sounds like, you know, like when you used to play the old wrestling video games? Yeah. And, and he just sounds way too excited, and he sounds like he's reading the line. He's like, oh, I don't know how Adam Cole's going to do it. Like, stop. Yeah. Just just go away. Yeah, yeah he... he uh... When he chimes in with, especially when it's, you you can tell when he goes off of script, because mm-hmm. the shit that he says is just nonsense. Yeah, the like, banter has gone better with, like, him and Nigel, that's fine, but when he, like you said, when he chimes in, it's, <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, there's one point um, where they're talking about when Kendrick, uh, after he beat Gallagher, got attacked by, uh, like, got, got attacked by Gulak, I think it was, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think it was Nigel who said like Gulak wanted to sh- you know show him something and show how how weak that Kendrick was and then you get Percy going it's smart I think it's smart by Kendrick to hold off an attacker after a match yeah no shit <laughs> yeah, sh- no shit Percy <laughs> like come on man that's just <laughs> fucking common sense or well, whatever Showtime Percy Watson <laughs> he's trying they need a new color commentator. He's, he's trying. He's growing that beard out. He's got a ridiculous beard now. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Now, I got to say this. If they think he's going to replace Graves on SmackDown so Graves doesn't have to do two shows, he's got a fucking long way to go. Yeah, I'd love to see them try to do that. See how successful he is. God. He'll be as successful as Otanga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, the heels are fully in control. And I'm going to call them team, team no knee pads now because neither of them have go. knee pads. Um, they try to isolate Kendrick, but Tazawa scares Gallagher away when he tries to knock him off the apron with his war cry. And then, uh, you get a little laughter from the audience. That's when the crowd started, I think, to kind of get into it a little bit more. 
Yep. Uh, Kendrick tags Tazawa in, and Tazawa just cleans house. Um, I'm I am still a huge fan of Tazawa yelling before each move that he does, whether it's some sort of high pitched scream or or just yelling or his war cry. I I do appreciate it. I don't like when he tries to get the audience to start doing his war cry with him. <laughs> I think that's that's too much. I was gonna say it, it. It definitely comes off as pandering sometimes, especially when he stops what he's doing and looks at the crowd and goes, "Ah, ah!" Like, come yeah. on, say it with me. Yeah, everybody, just yell one symbol, a syllable with me, please. Just yell. Um. Anyway, <laughs> we get a uh, Gallagher after Tazawa puts Gulak in the octopus stretch. Gallagher shoves Kendrick into him and breaks up the hold. And this makes Tazawa think that Kendrick did it on purpose, and then Gulag pins Tazawa. That was a that was not a not a great finish. No, but I did appreciate them like bringing that animosity that those two have into the feud. Sure. I mean, into the finish. Like, yeah, I could see you know Gallagher and Gulag are the better team, and and Tazawa and Kendrick couldn't get on the same page. So I I get it. I think uh, the right person won for sure. I just think the it was a very weak-looking pin attempt. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. I would have rather it been, you know, even Gallagher's headbutt or something like that that just led to the finish. That would have probably worked out better. Or even just Gulak with, like, a handful of tights or something. Not not just, right. like, a, a jackknife finish, not jackknife pin. That's it's It doesn't look hard to kick out of that. No. But it does seem that, that to me, it seems it's going to continue, that this is, like, the first chapter, and we're going to keep going with this. Can Kendrick and Tazawa get along? Yeah. Well, eh. I uh, my my highlight of this whole match was after the match when Gallagher and Gulak celebrated. Did you notice that when G- Gallagher just literally jumped up and and like propped himself up on Gulak's hips like they've been <laughs> dating for months at a time and like threw his <laughs> hand up in the air and Gulak actually carried him like halfway Gulak, up the ramp. And, I was gonna say Gulak did catch him and carry him, so yeah. that was. I thought it was absolutely, that was a weird way for heels to celebrate. It's because of Mike and Maria, man. There's love in the air in 205 Live. That's true. There is some love in the air, and we got some some white-on-white love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that that was that match, and and then we head to backstage where we get the weigh-ins for Mustafa Ali. The official weigh-in. Yeah. Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy have the weigh-ins, which I don't recall them doing this that often. I don't think this is usually a thing, right? I feel like they only do it with Buddy Murphy, because they're like, listen, you fat bastard, did you eat some cheeseburgers today? Yeah, get some fat out of those titties. Yeah, we're not gonna, we're gonna make you wait three months like we did last time with Cedric. (laughs) Um, And plus, what's up with the scale? Why is the scale, like, from 1945? It's 2018. I think you guys can get a digital scale. They're literally using like the one where you move with your hand and shit. Yeah, I, I think it's literally just because the UFC uses a scale like that, so they want to be <laughs> official like the UFC, you know, with the way oh, it's... God. Yeah, it's Awful. a bit silly. Well, I, 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 I like the fact that they got into a physical altercation, but not too much. It wasn't like an all-out brawl. It was just kind of shoving, and then it was like, hey, 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 save him for Sunday. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little bit funny uh, uh, when they said, we'll hear from Buddy Murphy and and uh, Mustafa Ali, and then they go to this, and I thought that this was going to be where we hear from them, and they literally said like like two, two phrases to each other and then started fighting. But <laughs> I was like, oh, we heard from him. Good. <laughs> um, 
No, but Mustafa Ali weighed in at 182 and Buddy Murphy at 204, just to show you the weight difference in the two of them. Uh, Buddy yep. Murphy's just a, a monster for the, the cruiserweights. He's um, the juggernaut. Yeah, I mean, it's, a prop, it's a good name for him. It's a good name for him. Um, well, we get Dash Fuentes again um, interviewing Buddy Murphy. And he basically made this whole match about what he's willing to do to keep his cruiserweight championship. And it was a nice short promo, but it was, it was fine. It, it's, he's still a little bit generic as a character. He's just kind of like the big guy who's willing to do whatever it takes to win. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I think this promo was fine for him. I think it worked. Uh, I personally, appreciated how he made it about the title you know he said this isn't about our history this isn't about your little uh climb to the top this is about my title and i did like that uh his delivery could have been a little bit better he is still in that generic uh you know kind of wheelhouse where he he needs to have just a little bit more passion but make it not sound contrived mm-hmm. but it was fine yeah, yeah it was a, it was a solid b plus yeah, I, I'd say B. I wouldn't quite give it a B plus. I, I, I just like just for the fact that he is still pretty generic. Um, That's true. I, I wish your champion needs to be a little bit have a little more character. Like, like Leo Rush has a ton of character. Yes. Um, Leo Rush would make a fantastic champion. Oh my god, he would. Um, but I, I mean, other than that, I mean, Lucha House Party has uh, has some character to them now. They actually have surprisingly. I know, I know, especially with it, Kalisto in there, you would think. It would just be nothing. All right, so just to kind of piggyback off of what you guys did on the rundown last night, um, I forgot just how bad that Kalisto promo was. Like, everybody remembers the, you know, do good lucha things, but, <laughs> man, that whole promo where he's like, and Baron Corbin, and, and I get to get my revenge. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy. So from that to this, much better. Thank yeah. you, Kalisto, for getting in a wheelhouse and staying there, well, staying in his lane. <laughs> uh, last, last week I gave credit to uh, Dorado and uh, Grand Metalik because maybe he's more comfortable with them. And it seems like they're they're pretty comfortable on their delivery. At least Dorado is. And uh, it seems to kind of transfer it to Kalisto a little bit. Um, go ahead. Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to say Dorado might be better – than Kalisto at this point as an all-around performer. Um, I wouldn't argue that. I, he's, I, he's faster. He's got a lot more crispness to his moves. He's got a sense of urgency. His promos are better. I think Dorado's really the star here. Right, right. I totally thought you said Christmas, Christmas by the way. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah. Is that something I haven't heard before? <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of Lucha House Party uh, and me not thinking they were in the show because they weren't advertised, uh, jokes on me, they are in the show. I should have known better. Um, we get, uh, Gail Kim with them. I mean, Penelope. Um, <coughs> and they're out to face some, uh, some local talents. I didn't catch their names. Did they give these guys names? If they did, they didn't put a graphic up. Maybe not, maybe Nigel said it or, or Vic, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, <clears throat> and I've noticed it's, it's the 205 Live formula. I have, two matches advertised and have a squash in the middle of the two. There's always a squash in the middle of the the show. Um, I think if we just kind of limited some of these, these video packages they put in, they could probably just have three regular matches. I don't see why that's a, a hard thing to do. 
Right, and I, and I understand where these guys, other than their... <clears throat> well, it, it's difficult with these guys, because they're going to be on the Survivor Series team. So you want them to have a little bit of hype, but they're going to be on the pre-show. So I think a squash match for them is fine. It's better than what I would have figured would have just been like a pre-tape promo or something. Right, but it is like this every week, and it's always somebody in the middle who's already been interested. Like if it's, if you're going to do a squash match, at least have it with somebody you need to build up. True. No, that's um, true. But I, I get I get this for a Survivor Series. Um it's so great to see Gail back in the WWE. I know, I really know. Is. She's very colorful now, the way she dresses. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, we get Lucha House Party in the ring. They do have some pretty snazzy-looking uh, entrance gear. I, I oh, do absolutely. I like Dorado's really colorful jacket, and uh, I do like their Lucha House Party shirt, like I said last week, that kind of looks like the In Your House Yeah, um, done purposely. It looks like the In Your House logo from way back in the day. Yeah. Um, well, right away, we get Nigel referring to them as the Loopy House Party. <laughs> He's called them the Loser House Party before, too. <laughs> yeah. Percy uh, seems to argue uh, with Nigel by telling him to take it easy. Ugh. That's fucking... Hey, that's a good one, take Nigel. Take it easy. Hey, take, take it easy. This is fucking rough shit you said there. Oh, God. Well, we get Dorado to start off versus the... Uh, the bigger out of shape jobber, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll call him the bigger jobber. And uh, we get, you know, Dorado trying to start the lucha lucha chant. And we get the uh, the big boy yelling no lucha. And then... <laughs> I caught that. <laughs> yeah, he's just no, yelling no lucha, no. <laughs> and he gets beat up for it. Good. Um, he, he lands one move. And he really hates the Lucha chant and makes sure to yell more, no Lucha. Runs off the ropes and he gets his face, his face gets fucking kicked off by Dorado. What that a was, shame. That was a brutal super kick. That looked like it was square in the jaw. That was a good one. Fine. Man, Dorado looks like the CRISPR worker. Everything he does looks awesome right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the, it's okay. Dorado tags Kalisto in so we can see some of his stuff. And Kalisto runs to the other side of the ring and knocks Dean Ambrose Jr. off the ring. <laughs> and they yep. they do the combo, you know, standing on the shoulders splash and then the planks splash on the bigger one. And then we get Dean Jr. coming in and he misses double clothesline and gets kicked for it. And yep. Kalisto flosses horribly. It's not even yeah. doing the floss right. Rather see Carmella doing it, but yeah, I get what he was trying to go for there. It's it's the only way it's acceptable is if Carmella's doing it. Because I can't stand that dance in the first place. Well, if Mandy Rose did, I wouldn't have a problem. But I get, I get it. You make some valid points. You make some <laughs> valid points. Um, Kalisto doing it? No, I don't want to see that. No, um, not at all. Last week, Dorado did it too. So I guess that's their they're, they're being Ugh, funny with God. that. It's see, there's other dance moves. Just so everybody's aware. <laughs> Apparently not. That's the most popular one. Um, anyway, we get Kalisto doing the Salida del Sol, and then we get the Shooting Star by Dorado. And we get a kick out. No, I'm kidding. Lucha House Party won. So I, I did like the kind of combo finish where Kalisto, you know, shoots himself in the ring, hits the Salida del Sol, and then that fucking shooting stop press, man. That's beautiful right now. He He's gets got some that height on point. That. He gets some serious height on that. It, it's really, it's really nice looking. And then just for the format of the matches that were announced, 
plus this squash match, this squash match in the middle, I was getting really worried because I was like, oh no, is this going to be the epi- the one episode two of five live that I don't get to see? Ah, yeah, we get to see some Maria popping on the screen. Maria Canellis. Uh, the best fucking promo on 205 Live, apparently. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this, she talks about unfinished business between the Lucha House Party and her husband, Mike, and TJP, which I think she should literally, I, I that's the one thing. I know TJP and Mike are kind of working together because they have the same common enemy. I really wish she would have just talked about her and Mike. To be like True. more solidity between just them and TJP is just kind of there. And she could mention the whole TJP versus Grand Metal League match at the end. That's fine. But like, don't kind of put them as a group. I, I would have. I mean, don't get me wrong. She delivered a, a great, the best promo. I, I She's just fantastic. And she's great to look at, too. Yep. And uh, to be quite honest, she does the fucking. My husband promo better than Stephanie. Oh God, there's no doubt. <laughs> Stephanie's just belittling people during it, and then you get—I don't know. I, I just—I just love Maria, and this, this yeah. was a great promo. And then to get it even better, we get the her theme—the theme play at the end. I was gonna—I put that in my notes, and we get the song. I know the song <laughs> plays, and then we get Cedric interrupting it, and I was like, really, Ugh. dude? What a fucking party pooper. Yeah, I was kind of mad about that. I was like, go, whoa, I want to see the song and put Maria back on screen. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get to hear him talk about how wrestling is his life, and he does yeah, this yeah, because yeah. it's his. This is all he's about. And then we, to Leo Rush, it's just fun, and it's a game, and if Leo Rush had the title, it would be a trophy for him, and ugh, that's fine. There's a reason Cedric Alexander had a mouthpiece for most of his career in Ring of Honor. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it was okay yeah. at best, but I would, I would rather hear the song during this whole entire time. <laughs> exactly. If we could just mute Cedric and play the song, I'd be fine with that. Yep, me too. And after that, we get a cool Ambrose Senior video package. Yeah, uh, yeah that was the thing. Um, it's funny because in my notes I had put down about Cedric. Oh, and then we get Cedric. He talks about baby baby face stuff. <laughs> yep, generic baby face stuff. I worked at this all my life, and this it means everything to me. Uh, I, I need to break my losing streak or whatever the hell. Didn't he have some sort of stupid losing streak that was like four matches or something? Yeah, it was since he lost the title, and then he lost to I think he lost to Mustafa Ali and Tony Nese, and right. that's his that's his losing streak. Yeah, two matches. Quite a lose. Now, I guess because guess he was undefeated up until that point for this year. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm going to go into that a little bit more at the end, but right. not much of a losing streak. No, it's not. They made a, made it a much bigger deal than I think it needed to be, but I guess you had to do that for this match that's coming out uh, between him and Leo Rush because Leo Rush is apparently 7-0 and as a singles competitor. You know, we don't count that uh, fatal five-way match they had. That he no, did not win. No, no. But uh, yet Leo Rush out. He is the man of the hour, which I do appreciate that. Uh, I do like that name, the man of the hour, because he. Is... I like that he's been on TV for maybe you know like prominently with with Bobby Lashley and and on 205 for maybe what two three months, and he's already got two nicknames. Yeah, yeah. That's he's the man of the hour, and he's the 24 year old piece of gold. And that's it. Yeah, clever. 
Both of them are clever. I like them. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and he, he, like I said earlier, he he has the most personality in the entire two hundred five live. Um, I I did it. I I like. He's very cocky when he comes out. I I love. I love the way he's just he's just talking shit the whole time. And he, there was one kid that wanted the the high five coming down the aisle, and he just kind of like stopped and looked at the kid and then just laughed at him and walked by. <laughs> thought that was great. <laughs> so you know what's fucked up is that Leo Rush is the Enzo role we were hoping Enzo was going to be. I know. I know. He's just <laughs> he's perfect for it. And I I will I have my own reservations about him with Lashley at this point just cuz I can't stand him talking when he's with Lashley cuz it's literally just like my man, my man. No, that's Bobby Lashley, but still, I, I I can't stand Leo Rush with him at this point. He's just telling, he's just having him show his ass to the crowd and shit like that. I I love Bobby. him on 205 Live. Bobby, my man, Bobby, do your favorite pose. Oh, <laughs> oh, and by the way, it gets actually worse because all Leo Rush says on Raw is that Bobby Lashley smells. That's it. He smells like money. He looks like money. He smells like money. Did I mention he smells like money? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like, working okay. there. No, it's it's like the Reverend Slick gimmick. Like it's wow, it's fucking awful. And I get it. It's supposed to be annoying, but it's just it's like flat. Like everybody's like, why is Bobby Lashley bending over? <laughs> yeah, it, it's really silly. It's in fact the the best part about it is is it's just been given you know. Stuff for Elias to say, which is awesome. Yeah, it's feeding Elias, which is great. Um, well, we get Alexander coming out, and you know he does his whole shtick and tries to get the audience to cheer, and they really don't. But no, they really uh, don't. Anyway, he's in the ring and start the match. They go back and forth, and they do the typical, you know, Hurricane Rana, and he gets he flips and gets out of it, and you know, hold, which is still hold. a very athletic move. I will give him that. Oh, yeah, it always looks good. It's just, you know, it's the typical start to a match. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, one guy gets a hold, then the other guy gets a hold, and then, you know, they go back and forth a little, and then they have the standoff, and everybody's like, claps and cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get Leo tripping Cedric after they talk shit to each other, and slaps Cedric in the face. Slapped the fucking taste out of his mouth. Yeah, he slapped him hard. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Then we get another move, and Leo is... You can audibly hear him asking Cedric if he wants to cry, which I thought was great. <laughs> I caught that. That was great. Hey, are you? What are you gonna? You gonna cry now? Is that what you gonna do? You gonna cry? I felt like Stephanie was yelling at the big show. <laughs> uh, uh, but it works so good for Rush, and he's he's you know flying around that ring. Um, that even that takedown to Cedric right before he slapped him, it was just like a quick. Uh, pulled on his like feet. Single leg takedown, yeah. It was great, yeah. It was it was a very clever little spot, and uh, but then Cedric gets up, of course, and drop kicks the absolute shit out of him. Uh, yes, and I was gonna say the way Rush sold that drop kick, holy shit. Yeah, I mean that that did hit him. Like they showed the slow motion replay, and that did hit him right in the face. <laughs> that hit him square in the face. That was a stiff drop kick, and it looked really so, nice. So was the next super kick. Yeah. Oh, and fucking Cedric's chops. I wouldn't want to take a chop from Cedric. His no, chops they, are really ridiculous. They definitely look they hurt. Um, you get Nigel 
questioning Percy and Baby Cole. I call uh, Joseph, Vic Joseph, Baby Cole. because That's uh, fine. It fits. Yeah. <laughs> um, they say nobody works harder than Alexander. And Nigel says, you don't know what Rush does behind closed doors. And I say, unless he's tweeting about Emma, I really don't care. <laughs> um, we get a neat spot where Rush's head gets tripped onto the second turnbuckle. Alexander goes outside the ring and just kind of punts the turnbuckle. Yes, that looked vicious too. It did. It looked really good. And uh, then he he kind of does that whole second rope springboard into the ring kind of thing, and then he gets kicked in the face. That brutal yeah. super kick right to his face. Now at, at this point, I do want to point out that you don't feel like. Leo Rush is giving up 50 pounds to Cedric. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if this match was on Raw, they would make you feel like Leo Rush is much smaller than Cedric. Yeah, it it was the the typical power versus speed kind of dynamic, but it wasn't like that wasn't the whole point of this match. No, everything that Rush did was believable. Right. Right, exactly. I mean, I I feel like you're right on Raw, it, that super kick he wouldn't have he probably wouldn't have sold it as hard as he did. And, right. And then we get that the bottom rope die, suicide dive outside, which was nice, too. I always enjoy that. The, the Austin Aries suicide dive, we'll call it. Yep. Um, and we just get Rush kind of just beating him up outside, doing some big drop kicks, throwing him into the stairs. And we just – he asks ref to just – he asks the ref to just count him out. He's just like, count, it, count him out. Which... Now see, this is and this is what Rush doesn't get enough credit for, especially when you look at some of his contemporaries on this roster and in the WWE. Look at the aggressiveness this guy does, and they brought that up. I think it was Nigel who brought yeah. it up. He's vicious. He's throwing Cedric into the stairs with so much animosity. You'd think this was a blood feud, you know? Yeah, it's funny because the next thing I said is when Alexander comes back into the ring, you see Rush going like. He's just like, okay, okay. And then he puts that angry face on and just gets really aggressive and mm-hmm. just starts laying him in. And uh, I, the one thing I will say is, you know, like uh, he had the spot where he had Cedric Alexander sitting down in the corner and he, he put the boot on the neck and started choking him and he was like yelling while he was doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should be yelling when he's exerting force like that because he kind of sounds like one of those little cartoon babies with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> like when that baby's crying, he's got like that kind of a yell. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. Do one or the other. Don't don't try to mix both because then it then it looks weird. <laughs> um, but we get a uh, rush on Alexander's back. He's kind of just like on top of him, and Alexander kind of just picks him up and smushes him in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know why Leo kind of just wants to try it again because he jumps on his back again and, uh, yeah, he gets smushed again, which I don't know what the plan was there. Well, Leo's being ruthless. It's that ruthless aggression. Yeah. I'm going to give you a hug twice and get smushed <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> um, but it's okay. He recovers and really shows his speed. Um, he does that and Sagiri ducks under the clothesline. Really, that's one of my favorite little combos that he does. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really solid one. Um, and uh, then he starts kicking Cedric Alexander in the back, and it sounds brutal. Yep. They're loud. They are like, they are really loud. Um, <clears throat> but then we get uh, Alexander turning the tide with that decapitating back elbow that he always does. Oof. 
The one that looks like you're giving someone a concussion. Yeah, literally, like, I don't I don't know how that guy doesn't go out. It's... See, Naya? There's a way to look like somebody you give giving someone a concussion, and then there's a way to give somebody a concussion. Yep. Yep. Um, we get some more offense from Alexander, and then we get uh, some quickness shown by both, pe- by both men, and we get a neuralizer by Alexander, which is kind of like that springboard... Springboard, uh, and then he kind of turns it into an enziguri. Yeah, yeah, pretty much an enziguri. Um, and then we get his through the ropes flatliner. Uh, both of those, by the way, were for a two count. Mm-hmm. Um, we get McGinnis poking at, uh, Percy's backing of Alexander by asking him if he still looks confident, and Percy says he looks a little uncertain. <laughs> so you, you get Percy, uh, just folding immediately. Why don't you have a little bit of a backbone and stand behind your man? I, that's because, all I gotta say. Because it's Percy. <laughs> but it's literally like as soon as he gets any confrontation, he's like, "Yeah, well, well, okay, all right, all right." <laughs> <laughs> then we get a move I have not seen at the WWE. I have seen on the Indies with kind of that twisting unprettier by Rush. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was really surprised that that was in this match. And you bring up a good point because I think the last time I saw that was at All In. I don't remember seeing that. I remember seeing that recently, but definitely not in the WWE. Yeah, I can't. I can't recall a time where I've seen that in WWE. Um. Well, anyway, that gets a two count, and Rush can't believe it. And we get Rush with two right hands, and then we get Alexander with a Nia Jax-like return punch. <laughs> he that looked like the follow through. Uh, Becky Lynch's nose got rebroken when she watched that. <laughs> <sighs> Um, they go back and forth a little bit more, and then we get a Spanish fly that I think Leo Rush landed. The commentators aren't really sure who took the worst of that. No, because it was so quick, but it was Leo Rush landed it, and that's why he was able to recover faster. Right, and then he jumps to the top turnbuckle to go for his final hour frog splash. But Alexander moves out of the way. But according to Baby Cole, he kicked out of it. There was <laughs> there was no pin, asshole. There was no pin to kick out of. I don't know why yeah. he said that. Vic Joseph definitely coming from the Michael Cole school of broadcasting as he's calling things that aren't happening. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was literally, <laughs> I had to rewind it because I was watching it and then he moves out of the way and he goes, it's Alexander and he kicked out of it. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm like, he got it. up. I don't think he, he rolled out of the way. He didn't exactly kick out, but. <laughs> um, I mean, he, to be all, in all honesty, he really had a good episode, Vic Joseph, up until this point, And then he had to fuck it all up by saying that. <laughs> sure. uh, we get a we get a lumbar check attempt. Uh, it's reversed into a hurricane rana, and then a, a weird spring springboard bottom rope stunner. Yeah. So so Rush flies into the bottom rope almost like uh, Tyler Bate does when he does that shoulder first thing and then hits you with the clothesline. Right. But, but Rush like does he that sat on the bottom rope. Yeah, he, he yeah he sat on it to get a springboard to spring back and hit Alexander with a stunner. It was a crazy visual. It was. It looked really cool, and the commentators were like their minds were blown. And uh, but then you know we get the Spanish fly by Alexander, and uh, which was a worse looking Spanish fly than Leo Rush's, I will say. Yes. Um, I don't know whose fault that was, but. It's just that. Well, it could go either way. But uh, it, it just has to do with speed, I think, because Alexander looked slower, whereas Rush looked 
super fast. That's why nobody knew who hit what. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, following the Spanish fly, we get to the lumbar check. And that is a win for Alexander, and it breaks his losing streak, you know, his two-match losing streak. Uh, and it breaks Rush's seven-match winning streak. What do you think about that match? All right. So the match was really good. Um, it definitely turned it up a gear in in the last, like, ten minutes. And everything those guys did looked super crisp and, you know, really intense. I don't particularly like the booking because if you're going to tell this, if you're going to attempt to tell this Cedric Alexander redemption story, then he needs to lose more than two goddamn matches. And what a bragging right it would have been if Leo Rush won that match. Yeah. And you know what? Obviously, you don't have Leo win clean, not at this point. But have him fucking cheat. Have him, you know, have them go move for move and then... Have Rush get him close to the rope and hold the rope for the quick three count. I totally agree. I, I think the wrong person won here. Um, you could you could definitely build up that redemption story of Cedric Alexander by losing five, six, seven in a row, and then beating, you know, maybe beating Rush down the road in like a rematch. Um, I think I think that was the wrong the wrong call here. I mean, it was a great match. I think uh, even after the match, I don't know if you noticed, but you, you saw Leo Rush kind of sitting against the barricade, and he just kind of like looked up at Cedric and smirked. Yeah. I, like little subtle stuff like that is just is is great. I mean that. I think he he really has a very 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 bright future in 205 Live. Yeah, and Rush gets it. Rush is doing things that 10 year veterans don't do yet. You know what I mean? Um, th- like you said, those little things of looking up and smirking and. That that's always kind of been my problem with the WWE, and they continue to do it when they have an established guy uh, like Cedric. They're so afraid to beat him uh, too many times, and they did it for years with Cena. You know, Cena would go on these quote unquote losing streaks, and then in a few that really would have made the guys facing Cena just beats him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's my issue here is that. It's the the better stories to have Alexander lose. God, how can you guys not see that? Like, I mean, and, and really, where do you go from here? You know what I mean? Right. Where do you go from here? Like, well, yeah. that's the, that's the other thing that was weird because usually you'd see this type of thing and it would end the night, but this wasn't the end of the night. That is correct. It we end the night with a video pack, well, video promo from Mustafa Ali. And he says the title means more to him than Murphy can understand. He mentions power versus speed, which obviously, which is the match it's going to be. It's going to be a power versus speed match, um, which is just, it's too much of a common theme in the WWE. I, I really, I really think it needs to be dialed back, especially in 205 Live. Um, he kind of ends his promo uh, saying that Murphy will find out that a juggernaut cannot stop the unstoppable. Which, I think this was a pretty solid promo, especially from Ali. Uh, he comes across pretty genuine, but once again, he's still just a character. Yeah. So, I get why Mustafa Ali closed the show, because that's the money, that's where you want people to tune into Survivor Series to see him fight Buddy Murphy, if you're a 205 Live fan. What my issue is, 
is that when you're putting Ali in that spot and you're taping that promo, to really hammer home the point, that thing needs to be like, you know, Raven-esque, like John Cena-esque. Like, it needs to have that, like, sense of this is going to be the greatest match ever. I can't wait to see this. And that's the problem is Ali didn't really deliver that type of promo. No. He tried, I think. I think it could have been written better, and I think the delivery could have been better. Yeah, I mean, I know the match will be great between them, but it has nothing to do with them building it up with their promos. No, and it's a shame because you know there's a hand, there's actually a, a handful of guys in 205 Live that would have delivered a better promo. Like, uh, if you go back a couple months and you put Gulak in that spot, he would have delivered on that promo. Or, you know, Maria and Mike Kanellis. Or even, I would say to this point, if you put the Lucha House Party in that spot, they're going to deliver on that promo. And Ali's kind of felt generic. Yeah. Yeah. I... Now, that being said, do you think this match makes it to the main card? I mean, I think they got to, given the number of matches they have, right? Well, I know the tag team Survivor Series match is going to be on the pre-show. Yep. There might be one more. And I think it might be this one. Which is slightly disappointing because if 205 Live's ever going to really, like, kick it up a notch, they need to stop being on, like, the main cards. Yeah, and they could even open the show. I mean, it's a great match to open the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. High, high pace, high energy, two guys just beating the shit out of each other kind of match. And that'll get people going for the rest of the show. I mean, it won't deliver because it's Survivor Series, but... You know, you'll get people going. So, Jeff, for uh, somebody who watches 205 Live, after this episode, do you who do you think will win the match between Ali and Buddy Murphy? Uh, I said Buddy Murphy. I think it's too early to take the title off of him. Um, he just this is his, I think this is his first title defense, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I don't see him losing it yet. I, I think it's going to be a really grueling back and forth match i think there'll be a lot of near near falls but i i think buddy murphy's gonna take it and clean if this turns into a program with said uh not cedric with ali and buddy murphy i'm fine with that if they kind of go you know back and forth for a few months but i don't think ali has done enough for me to believe he's winning that title on sunday or for me to care which is I think that's more Sad. the point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's more the point. I think he's done enough. He has great matches every time he goes out there, but his character is just so generic, babyface that I, I don't. I, I wouldn't care if he won. Yeah, and that's the thing is I want to care. Like I like the whole thing he does with his hand, with the with his entrance, with the blue lights coming out of it, and the weird blue like foot soldier mask that he wears. <laughs> he's like Glacier's I, foot soldier. Yeah, I like all that, but but uh, and his matches have been great. I loved every one of his matches, but his his character and his personality is kind of, you know, just meh. <laughs> I mean, what can you say at this point? He's basically the guy who can just take a take a beating, and and come back. That's the kind of that's that's who he is. <laughs> He's like Jack Swagger when Swagger was going against Rusev for the U.S. <laughs> title. <laughs> yep. Yep. A better move set, but probably the same quality of promo. Exactly. Well, if you have nothing else to add, I say that would do it for this episode of Hurry Up and Cruiserweight.
once again, I am Jeff, and thank you, Sal, so much for joining me. Oh, I had a blast. Uh, cruiserweights don't get enough attention that they need, and uh, I'm here to bring that attention to 205 Live in any way that I can. As am I. Well, thank you again, and tune in next week for some more 205 Live action. See you guys next week. See ya! Bye. Bye-bye! <laughs> I'll get heat for that one, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Just